Amen. Amen. Well, it gets hot up here. I had to get a little less Hawaiian before we jump in. Well, it is so good to be in the house. Can we just give our worship team a hand? Can we just thank our worship team? I mean, my goodness. A month ago, there was four people on this stage, and I don't know what happened, but now I come up here and I'm having to like navigate a maze just trying to high-five people. It's amazing. It's amazing. And for them to just continue on and for us to continue on as sound clips in and out and as we got Cassandra's auto-tune working out, y'all hear that? That was amazing. We just want to thank them for their dedication and it's so great to be here again with you today and and I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get outside for the fun and the snow cones. Uh, but before we do that, I have a, a quick word that God's given me to speak over this church today. And my prayer is that we will take the truths from this passage that we're going to dive into and that it will both help us understand who Jesus is and who we are in Jesus. That's our hope. That's what we got to understand. That's for not just today, for general life, we need to understand who Jesus is and who we are in Jesus. It says in Psalm 119, verse 10 and 11, it says, I seek you with all my heart. Oh, that that would be true of us. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We got to get our hearts this morning around the truth that if we're going to receive what the Lord wants to speak and we're going to be able to respond in the way that God wants us to respond, we don't need to just know something today. We don't need to just learn something today, but, but rather what we learn today, we need to make a cornerstone of our faith. And as we make it a cornerstone of our faith, it becomes a cornerstone of who we are. Why? Why? Because having the word of God planted in our hearts is the most important thing in our lives. And when that's true of us, when his word is, is planted in our hearts, we're prepared by that word and we are prepared by that spirit, the Holy Spirit in us to stand firm in our faith when the waves are hitting our boat and trying to take us out. Because I guarantee you today that there's somebody in this room that the waves are hitting your boat. That they are trying to take you out. That the enemy is doing everything in his power to get you out of the way. But it's when our faith is firm because we're rooted in the word, that becomes a cornerstone of our lives. And we're able to look at the enemy and say, hey, devil, you bring what you got. You bring what you got. Because I've got a roar of praise inside of my lungs. And no matter what comes to me, no matter what you bring, no matter what I face, that roar of praise is coming out. And it's headed straight for Jesus. Romans 12, verse 2. We all know this passage in, in one way or another. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Somebody say, be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen, something in our life is always going to be transforming us. Something in our life is always going to be molding us. Something in our life is always going to be shaping us. Something in our life is always going to be changing us into the person that we are. And we have to know right here, right now, in this moment, in this house, in this building, in your chair, we've got to know that we're going to be the church and the people that walk out our divine destiny. And to do that, we got to make sure our lives are being transformed by the word rather than by the world. Because something, we, we said it, something's changing us. Something's molding us into the person that we are today. Something has molded us into who we are today. And what's going on today is going to mold us to who we are in the future. So let's, let's make a declaration today. I'm going to walk in my destiny, God. How am I going to do that? I'm going to get rooted in your word. And I'm going to let your word rather than the world transform my heart and transform my life. Our prayer is that our outward walk, the things that we do in our everyday lives, our outward walk, our outward works, the things that you're doing when you walk out of this building, the things that you're doing when you go into work on Monday, our prayer is that would be a reflection of an inward change. That our outward work would be a reflection of an inward change. How do we get changed? By the word of God. How do we make sure that this is true of us? As the letter to the Colossian church says, we make sure that our identity and our lives, I love the way that Paul writes it to the church, to the, to the Colossian people. He says, let your lives be hidden with Christ. Let your lives be hidden with Christ. We're going to hang out for just a moment today in 1 John chapter 1, if, if you uh, are, we're actually going to be in chapter 2, but I want to read you a passage from chapter 1 if you want to go ahead and make your way to 1 John. It's a little tiny book near the back of the Bible. If you get to Revelation, you went too far. If you're in Genesis, you haven't gone far enough. It says, 1 John chapter 1 verse 2, the life appeared. Who is the life? Jesus appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us all. Jesus is life. And it's only when we're alive in him that we can walk out our purpose and our passion that he's placed inside of us. It's only, church, when we are alive in Jesus that we're able to walk out the destiny that he's placed before us. Why? Because dead people don't walk. Dead people don't move. Dead people don't pursue their passion. But when we've become alive in Christ, we've been set free to pursue a passion that God has put on our heart to make a change in this world, to be the light of the world that Jesus calls us. God has something that 
He needs us to know today. And I believe it's that it's time for us to start leaning in and receiving the best that he has for us. It's time for us to start leaning in and receiving the best of what God has for us. And we're not talking about money. Let's go ahead and just lay that on the table. We're not talking about stuff. We're not talking about any of the, We're talking about what God has for your life, the purpose, God, what God puts you on this planet to do. That's what we want. That's what's best for us. That's what is the best for us to pursue Jesus, to know Jesus and make Jesus known. Want to know your purpose? That's your purpose. Know Jesus, make him known. We want to lean in to receiving the best of what he has for us. And I believe that for many of us in this room, we don't pursue God's best for us because we feel like something we've done or who we've been or who we are now has disqualified us from being used by God to fulfill our destiny. We feel like something, sometimes, somehow, some way, we have been disqualified by God from walking in the destiny that he's put before us. But the beautiful thing about the text we're about to open is that John's going to break down those walls and absolutely shatter the narrative of I'm too far gone by bursting into our story with a declaration that the grace of God is greater than your screw-ups. That the grace of God is greater than what you've done. That the grace of God is greater than who you are now. That God is wanting to change you. God is wanting to shift you. God is wanting to mold you. God is wanting to transform you into the image of Christ so that you can make a difference in this world. First John, that's where we're going to hang out for, for just a moment. I'm like, we're mid-flight. We're getting ready to head down. We're gonna, it's going to be quick today. Who believes that? Nobody. <laughs> Amen. Okay, we'll see. First um, John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. There are three pieces of this text that I want us to really see today. And the first one is this. It's in the first part of 1 John 2, 1 says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. John is striving to make his readers and us understand here that the whole reason he's written this letter, a letter about the character of God and about what our lives should look like and about the light we're supposed to carry is that he wants us to know what kind of life God is expecting from us. God has expectations of us. Before we can truly understand the grace of God that frees us from the bondage of our sin, we first have to understand that holiness matters to God. 
Holiness matters to God. Right here in this first first verse of chapter 2, John is writing these words to let us know that God expects that we should walk in the light that he has called us to and not only lean into forgiveness, but lean into a changed lifestyle. Hello. Hello. So often as people, we, we like to lean into that forgiveness, right? But changed lifestyle, we're leaning out of that. I, I don't know about that, God. That's a little bit too much for me. I'll just, I'll lean into the forgiveness. God's like, that's, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. He's telling us here, he's outlining our, his expectation and telling us what our lives should look like. And, and we can't just blow, it would have been easy to blow past this text and into the next one about forgiveness and about grace and about goodness and about mercy. And that's fantastic. And all of it is true, but it is no more true than this, that God has expectations of holiness from you and from me. We can't. Just blow past today and forget that God is not just calling us into his grace. He's calling us out of our old lifestyle. And this might be a little bit hard preaching today, but it's not time for somebody to have a mind change. It's not time for for somebody in here to, to gain some new knowledge. If we're being honest, it's time for somebody in here, and, and I'm not pre I'm closing my eyes, so I don't look, I'm not looking at anybody, but it's time for somebody to take out the trash that you're living in and to step into a new way of life. Because God's not calling us to live in that trash. God's not calling us to live in that muck. That's what we're talking about. He's got something better for you. He's got something better for you. He hasn't just called us. It says him who called us out of darkness. He hasn't just called us out of darkness, but he's called us into light. He's called us the light of the world. And I love what he goes on to say here in this passage. Can somebody please grab me a water? Wesley, you mind grabbing one out of there? Thank you. I love what he says here. He says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, uh, the second part of verse 1 through verse 2. It says, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Thank you. There's some kind of passing out voodoo going on on this stage today. I'm just telling you, I'm all shaky. Cassandra had to sit down. Bella had to walk off. I'm like, dang, I just don't know what it is. I think it's these lights. We need some like air-conditioned lights coming down in here. That would be amazing. Maybe we should get our sound to stop clipping first, but that would be, <laughs> that's, that's free. So it says, 
if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. So we're not just left on our own to die when we stumble in this life, because we have Jesus, and we have his cross standing in the place of everything that we've done. But more than that, he's also standing in the place of every sin that we will commit before we leave this earth and move on to eternity. That's where the cross is standing. The cross is standing in the middle of our story. It's standing in the middle of our mess. It's standing in the middle of the muck. And it's saying, look, I, I expect holiness. I want your lifestyle to change. But when you do slip up, you've got an advocate. And his name is Jesus. And I think so often we create this scenario in our mind where we feel like God's out to get us. Like God is just looking for some reason to hang us out to dry. Like he's waiting for us to sin so he can punish us. But in reality, God's saying, no, no, no. When you slip, when you fall, when you stumble, there's an advocate interceding for you. And his cross stands high above every one of your failures. As the worship team makes their way back around. God is saying, yes, your holiness matters. And it's important. And because it's, we got to get this, we got to get this church. God's saying your holiness matters. And because your holiness matters, I've made a way for you to be holy. Amen. God's not just saying holiness matters, figure it out. No, he's saying holiness, holiness matters. Here's my word. Here's Jesus. Here's my spirit. Let them change your life and you become holy. God's made a way for us to be purified. And it's through the blood of Jesus that poured down from that cross for my sins and for your sins. So it doesn't matter today, church, how far you've gone. It doesn't matter what your life looks like in this moment because the God that we're here to worship and the God whose word is breathing life even now is not the God. We got to get this. He is not the God of one shot and you're finished. Praise God. Because we'd all be finished. <laughs> I would be finished. I'm not going to speak for you. Y'all may have this holiness thing on lock. And you're like, man, I should be up there preaching that message to him. You probably should. But I'm thankful that our God is not a one-shot God. That he's out of second chances. And third chances. And fourth chances. Somebody today needs to know that Jesus did not die for the people in life that have got it all right. He didn't just die for the church people. He didn't just die for the Christian people. 
Jesus died, as we stand to our feet, church, Jesus died for broken people. Jesus died for messed up people. Jesus died for the people whose lifestyle hasn't even changed yet. His sacrifice was for cheaters and for liars and for thieves and even for the one that may never accept his forgiveness. It says in the second part of verse 2, it says and not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. For the sins of the whole world. So this morning right here, Maybe it's time that we stop letting our past destine us for defeat when there's a cross that's already destined us for victory. We're standing. Here we, here, here we go. We're closing. We are standing in the shadow of something in our life. We all are. Every single one of us, we're standing in the shadow of something in our life. And the truth we've got to take take home today is that we're either standing in the shadow of sin or we're standing in the shadow of a Savior. We're either standing in the shadow. Maybe it's time that we step out of the shadow of our failures and we step under the shadow of the cross. Maybe today's your day. I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk. I don't know where you are in your journey with God. I don't know if you've been in a relationship with Jesus for 50 years or you're you're a baby Christian or maybe you're just kind of seeking. You hadn't quite got it figured out yet. your day. Maybe today's the day you say, I receive that gift of salvation that you offer by your death and resurrection. Let me tell you something, church. There is not multiple ways to get to God. There is one way to get to God, and his name is Jesus. So maybe today is the day you decide to Put your faith in Jesus. And it's so simple. It's so simple. God created us to be with him. And our sins and our shortcomings and our failures separate us from a God who is fully good and fully holy. And our sins can never be removed by anything that we do. But paying the price for our sins with his life, Jesus' blood poured down from that cross. He was buried three days later and he invites us to trust in that death to trust in that resurrection and it says everybody who puts their trust in him has eternal life and life with Jesus for you can start right now today right now right here in this moment life with Jesus can begin So if we could just close our eyes for a moment. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. 
I'm just going to, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to pray it slowly and you can repeat it in your heart. We're not here to make a show today. But I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So if you've never stepped into relationship with him and you're feeling like today is the day, just pray this with me. Lord, thank you so much for sending your son to die in my place. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he was put in a tomb. And I believe he rose again. I trust Jesus to forgive all my sins. And I receive this free gift of eternal life through faith right now. There's not magic in those words. Saying those words doesn't save, but faith in Jesus does. Jesus is saying, just put your trust in me. Put your faith in me. I'll take you deeper than you ever imagined. Lean into my blessing. Lean into my favor. Because I've got things, guys, 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 God's got things he wants to do in your life and through your life.